Ah, we're in a good flashback sequence, huh? Let's open this show with a flashback sequence. You know, we'll get little Miles and little Drew. We didn't know each other at the time, though, so we'll have to massage some 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 of the backstory there, I guess. Just uh, maybe uh, put us in the same small town we're put upon by the whatever. This episode is brought to you by Walgreens because we're talking about Hocus Pocus 2. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd. My name is Drew, and I am here to talk to you about some more trunk or treat spookiness. The, the, the horrific, horrifying tales that are aimed at the younger set of humans. Uh, but I cannot do it alone. Miles, how are you, my good friend? Embarrassed, mostly. Yeah, this should be. <laughs> After that intro. Be. You know, they uh, can't no, all be I, winners, Miles. They can't all be winners. They never are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, oh, I am so, so excited. Oh, I just heard something. This, there- this week, we are covering a very, very big release. And when we started these, I was reticent to do larger releases. releases. I said we weren't going to do Hocus Pocus. But when the second film was announced... I knew that this would be a great opportunity to cover a big film that highlighted horror for kids. And we can't cover horror for kids without one of the best people on the internet in the genre. Horror for kids being represented by Renier Croft. Renier, Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely, lovely intro. It is always a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, you guys are the best. This is the most <laughs> fun that I always have on these podcasts. So I am super pumped and looking forward to it. I'm I'm so excited to have you have you back. I mean, like like I said, you are one of the best follows online easily. Um, I always enjoy like chit chatting with you on the, on DMs and stuff. But last last year, you talked to us a little bit about kind of your secret origin about how you you grew up kind of more of a scaredy cat and have now kind of eased into the horror genre. Now you've been doing this for what, two years now, correct? Two years. Yeah, that's right. So how, how have you found your, your horror film journey now, even, even a a year later, do you find yourself getting more into a specific aspect of horror? Like I know you've been a a stout, stout representative representative of horror for kids, but you have posted a lot of stuff from all over the genre. Like recently you had this really cool behind the scenes uh, puppetry video from Child's Play. Yeah, and yeah, so, so cool. not only is your account just a great resource for finding stuff for young adults, but it's also a really cool way of seeing some deep cuts into things that people already love. So, Thank what, you so what have you found that. that you have, have kind of surprised yourself with? Thank you. Oh, wow, you're so kind. Um, well, you know what's in in the two years I've been like exposed to like this amount of uber horror, let's call it. Um, yeah, I've I've grown so much into like I find slasher horror. Slasher horror was something that always kind of scared me in regard. It didn't really scare me, just like just kind of like grossed me out a bit because I knew heads would be coming off or throats right. would be getting slit and like 
I've been, I've always been more into like the paranormal, supernatural, exorcism style horror. So yeah, I'd say the next, uh, well, the, the, the past two years have been really more so my, my entry into like the slasher genre. And now it's like titles like the, the Scream franchise, I adore. Halloween's, I adore. For Friday the 13th, I've watched them all. So it's like, I've really kind of like grown into um, being okay with blood and gore. And it's a great thing for me because I can now watch so many more horror movies. <laughs> it's it's really funny that you say that because I, I watched in the last year, I've watched Scream for the first time. I've watched Halloween for the first time. And I I had kind of grown up being very similar, just not I'm not into horror. I don't like I don't like <laughs> scary things. I don't like scary things. And watching these movies, I mean, it's also I'm watching the ones from, you know, the 70s and, and the 80s. Right. And, well, I guess Scream is from the 90s, but, you know, but uh, it kind of evokes a lot of the same stuff. These movies are as funny and silly as they are scary. And that's something that, that I don't I don't think I appreciated about uh, some of that stuff back in the day. Totally. I seen like, it, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm the same way. And it's like, what I find now is that like, they're so like, I get such like nostalgia from, from watching like Scream, which was in the nineties. And it's like, I see all like the fashion styles and, and like the music, the soundtrack. And I'm like, wow, man, like this movie rocks. And it's like, it's more than just the horror for me now. It's like the overall, like the whole like thing. A time capsule. Time yeah. capsule. Exactly that. Scream Scream was uh, I think the first horror movie that I ever saw in theaters. Wow, um, that's awesome. When I was seventy twelve and <laughs> nice. good for and you. I have, I have very one, fond right? memories of that one. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of uh, pick your brain a little bit about the the state of like horror for young adults now because uh, you were kind of single handedly responsible of refocusing the attention of night books this past summer there was a big like resurgence in interest in night books that was kind of started by a conversation uh, that you you started and which is great because you know we did night books with you last year and yeah. it's an incredible example of horror for kids do you do you find it's the same as it was last year where we're still kind of having to pick and choose or do you think that we're starting to get more are people realizing hey there is an audience for this kind of stuff and we need to cater to it. You know what? I definitely, it's so funny that you asked that. I definitely feel like more and more and more people are starting to put out horror aimed at kids. And, yeah. and it's, 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 it's great. It's like, there's, there's such an abundance now of amazing titles, um, movies, TV shows. And you know what? I, I particularly, <laughs> not like blame, but I think the concept of streaming and having all these different platforms has really opened up the threshold for people to create these things, right? Like now, like Amazon has shorts, Netflix has horror shorts, like, so it's a shutter, right? So it's like, there's all these different streaming services that like, there's so much opportunity now to see so many family-friendly horror movies or shows from like all over the world. So like, it's just amazing. It's such an amazing time now. I find um, even a year later from last year, like with the amount of horror for kids that we have. Yeah. Cause I feel like Netflix has a couple this year and then obviously uh, Disney did under wraps two and Hocus Pocus two. Yeah. 
and um, did Zombies 3 come out this year as well? Zombies 3, there's a new Monster High series, a new Monster High the, movie. The Monster High movies on Paramount Plus. And so, yes. yeah, there's more stuff coming out. Here is where I, I find myself, and I don't know if it's because I'm older, and so maybe I think a little bit differently than a kid because I feel like I would be excited by a lot of these titles. But one of the things about horror for kids in the 90s is that some of them like yes they're silly now so again it could just be me me with my adult eyes some of them don't seem very scary you know what i mean like night books did a really good job of being kind of scary and um there was there were some fun elements of uh bronx versus vampires yes that was a good one too yeah yeah but the, the stuff on Disney is is typically not very scary. So, and, uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And it's not, it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just wondering because like as, as a kid who already enjoyed horror and not just needing a gateway, like I had Are You Afraid of the Dark or something. And while The Midnight Club is on Netflix now and it's really, really good, it's also R-rated. Like mostly because yeah. of language so far that I, I've only watched the first episode, but you, the kids are talking like actual 17 year olds. And <laughs> so I bet no, I, I'm kind of curious. Yet, but it's really good. Do you think it's because there, the, the possibility of getting, you know, put in a different category uh, in terms of its rating that some of these movies aren't aiming to be act, actively scary? Or do you think that? kids just need something different now than they did in the nineties. I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think um, the nineties were coming off of the eighties. We were coming off of the seventies, which, you know, That's like true. horror was very like subjective. Like you had poltergeist, Texas chainsaw massacre being PG. Um, <laughs> none of that could fly now. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, the like, the nineties was the tail end of that, you know, let's, let's test mm-hmm. what waters with how, how kids do with some of these themes and these, you know, villains and whatnot. Um, now though, miles in 2020, I do find that, uh, there's a bit of a softer approach to gateway horror and kind of, um, things aren't as extreme as they were in the nineties for sure. An example of that would be R.L. Stein's just beyond. I don't know if you had a chance mm-hmm. to check yeah. it out on Disney. Great little horror uh, anthology series. However, like not scary, like not scary right. at so, all. Like, so I, I have I, I have a take on this. Uh, again, I I am a parent of two two younger children, uh, nice. eight eight and ten right now, and uh, it's funny. It, and again, we and Miles and I talked about this last week when we talked about Don't Look Under the Bed, the Disney Channel. <sighs> movie that was so scary it got pulled from rotation that movie's not scary it's not scary at all i think that we have a couple of things going on and i am guilty of this so you know don't i'm not pointing fingers at anybody else as much as i'm pointing fingers at me i think that parents are one paying more attention to the content their children are watching and and we are also a bit more overprotective about that, about protecting our kids from that content than our parents were in, in when we were coming up. That's um, a great perspective. 
Uh, I, I think because you know, it's all sort of like, you know, you hear you, you see all these things online. It's like back in my day, my mom was like, get out of the house. I'll see you at dinner. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I was just thinking I ran wild. Like yeah. I remember staying at a friend's house and us leaving that friend's house, crossing the neighborhood, walking down the highway to the blockbuster, <laughs> renting whatever we wanted and then walking back. And we were I mean. It wasn't like we were 14. We were 10. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's, I mean, it's a different time for sure. Yeah. It was just, and the weird thing is like, it wasn't any safer then or anything like that. We just, I don't know what it was yeah. about yes. the time, but it, it, it certainly was different. But, but there, but no, there's, there's a, uh, oh, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, I totally agree. I was just going to say that being said though, um, have you had the chance to check out this year's Are You Afraid, uh, Are you afraid of the Dark? Not yet. Um, okay. But really enjoyed 2019 a lot. Hey, okay. if you like 2019, so you didn't see 2020 either. I haven't okay. yet. Okay. I've, okay. I've, so, just, I've okay. gotten behind, but I, the, like, like the shadow, shadow people. Yeah, uh, Curse of the Dark Shadows or Curse of yeah, the yeah, Shadows. Yeah, some of that. Okay, so, okay, if you liked the 2019 one, I think you'll really think that the 2021 one was scary, but the one that came out this year, especially episode one, is really scary. And it's that like, brand has been able to keep that up. Isn't that insane? Like, are you afraid of the dark? And like, for decades now, we're talking has has like yeah. held a standard of like we are on the line of like and, and that, that's probably what it has to do with is it's probably that brand name we're like this hey we can make monster high we can do this but are you afraid of the dark has to be kind of scary yes i mean 100%. the first se- the first revival season had the kid from it you know ah, like, yeah oh yeah you've you've got to you've got to do that and Let's let's bring it a little bit into because otherwise Renier and I are going to talk all night. Yes, um, I, don't worry. I'll step. Uh, don't worry, listeners. I'll step in and wrangle this back. As, as I was promised a, a hocus pocus conversation. <laughs> yes, we, we were going to talk about hocus pocus. And so, segueing to that, what's interesting is even when in the early uh, ninety three when when the first hocus pocus was released, the beginning of the movie is pretty dark. I mean, the witches are hung. And you yeah. even see their dangling feet, like Absolutely. which doesn't sound super extreme, but for a they, kids movie, that's that's dark. They Absolutely. kill a child. They kill a child. <laughs> yes, and that's that's what. Well, we're, who doesn't? Like, we're com- <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're coming off of like the 80s and the 70s, where like these things were like okay to still be under the PG title, you know? Yeah. No, I mean you're you're a hundred percent right on that because I wasn't even thinking about that in terms of like the eighties, because that the blur between PG and PG 13 being so fresh, you know, going from Goonies yeah. to monster squad and that kind of kids movie. I mean, most kids movies from that, from the end of the eighties would probably be pushing the R rating. Now. Oh, for well, sure. they also, they were for also, sure. they were also much looser with, with what they let kids say. Like, I mean, look at Goonies. They, they use a lot of like, oh, just oh, language. Oh, yeah. in I mean, oh, yeah. but that, that was, that was the eighties in general. And they were, they were very liberal with certain F bombs in, oh, yeah. in the eighties. Even, oh, even, yeah. even oh, in yeah. Hocus Pocus one, when uh, the little sister calls out the, the older brother for what he likes about the girl that he, that's is, right has a crush on and it's like well, but yeah but she uses like a made-up word she says yabos <laughs> still you know what it, <laughs> you know what it is yeah no. but but that kind of like kid fumbling is is perfectly like oh, 
Although I will say there is a moment in Hocus Pocus 2, which is not exactly the same, but is like right up to that same kind of line. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, Hocus Pocus 2 was, I mean, this has been kind of talked about for a very long time. There was a novel, which I, I know this movie is not following, but apparently there are elements of the novel that are brought into the movie. Right. According. So my, my girlfriend has read the novel. She's a massive Hocus Pocus fan. Wow. And awesome. so she was pointing out certain things. Oh, that's in the book. But like, it was all like the characters were all different, but she's like, Oh, this idea is in the book. And this, this is here. And I thought that was pretty oh, neat. That's very cool. Um, I like they did that. I think the, the character in the book is actually the, the daughter of Max and Allison. Okay, so that's one. So that's something that I would have loved to have seen a more of a connection of. But it's so cool that, that it's in the book, though. That's awesome. I I will say though, I do like, I like the kids in Hocus Pocus two a lot. I yeah. like this really cool, diverse cast of characters who really represent the generation that this movie is trying to reach. I think they did a really good job making some realistic teens who seem as like average kids who would live in Salem. I agree. I agree totally. And like, it's just like a, it, they, the three kids struck me as just so like fresh, like just uh, like a fresh um, approach to the movie. So much, not more modern, but so it's very modern. There's so many more modern themes of, of like, the Roomba and like the, like this, just like, there's so much modern things happening that it's great to see. I am such a sucker for a Roomba joke. <laughs> I, I really am. Ever since like DJ Roomba and Parks and Rec, I just, I think Roomba jokes are never not funny. That was, um, that was so good. And like, it was such a cool little Easter egg, like from the, the 90s one where they picked up like the broom and the, and like the to, to have a Swiffer and like a Roomba is so, so I, modern. I, I like that a lot. I also liked that, you know, they, they let the Roombas solve a problem which is (laughs) yes no and that's that's what's so cool is like it's not just like oh let's let's showcase these witches having trouble with modern technology again let's actually implement the modern technology in the film in a way that we didn't do as much in the first one that is that is so true that i agree with that um so let's 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 start a little bit about i mean the basic plot is very similar to the first where you have the Sanderson sisters accidentally resurrected once again. But this one starts off again with a flashback to the 1600 Salem. But instead of seeing the Sanderson's in the prime, we see them as children. And I have to say the child actress that plays Winifred is astounding. Yeah. Was, were, the, was the, were those, were those false teeth is my question. They have to be. Cause, and like, <laughs> you know what? I couldn't get those teeth out of my head. And I was like, by the time like it was showing her in her, like, no, I'm like, wow, she really grew into her teeth. And I was like looking at the other features of the other girls, like, holy crow. They did such a phenomenal job casting like that. And like just the mannerisms and everything, like kudos. Oh, I liked it yeah. so much, so much. That like it almost made me wish we had like a hocus pocus prequel with those with those kids. With those, yes, because well, that would and like that would be amazing. And this this honestly gives brings me to the thing that I I had the the my biggest complaint about the the movie is that 
you have as part of this backstory this like other witch who te- gives them a book of magic and teaches them how to be witches and then just disappears and she's played yeah. by, uh, played by hannah Whittingham, who uh you may know as the shame nun from game of thrones or uh oh, or at, more probably better known uh lately as uh uh ted lasso her character from ted lasso rebecca rebecca from ted lasso i should know that it's my wife's name um <laughs> much like i should remember the main character of this movie <laughs> becca because it's my wife's name um, but, that's uh, great but uh, I, I but my problem is she has this whole big thing at the beginning of the movie that's it never never returns never paid off i mean i'm sure they'll be making a a hocus pocus three uh based on a a couple of they've they've dropped the they've dropped some breadcrumbs to 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 the well um, and bet midler has said she would absolutely do it she apparently has the best time doing this and i'm i'm assuming the other girls do too yes uh, because they and that's one thing I can say is the entire cast, and I think the cast has been kind of universally acclaimed. People have had problems with, you know, the script or the plot, which I can understand, but the cast itself has been, I mean, just adored because everyone is giving 110%. And I got to say, yeah. um, the one person I did, I, I didn't, I actually avoided any trailers. I didn't watch anything because yeah. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Hocus Pocus, and I didn't, I just didn't want to see anything. Right. And uh-huh. I also didn't know that Tony Hale was cast in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was such a delight. Wasn't like on it. He's one of my favorite act, like newer like actors. And to see him in this and like the role that he played, it was just so good. So good. Yeah, uh, Tony Hale. Uh, for for folks that may not know that name offhand, you've you you've probably seen something that he is in. He oh, uh, he's been so much. He, he had his big uh, breakthrough uh, as uh, uh, Buster Bluth on Arrested Development. He has been in a number of stuff since then. He was Forky in uh, Toy Story Four, uh, <laughs> get, uh, getting his his sort of sort of disney credit there but i mean he he works regularly he is fantastic on the harley quinn cartoon yeah on, he, he's uh, yes. just, just phenomenal and as the mayor he just nailed it <laughs> he he's clearly having a great time and that's that that is the one thing and when i see actors having fun that makes my experience more fun no matter how the quality of the script or the movie at hand is, if everyone else is having a good time, that's infectious. And I think that is a huge strength for Hocus Pocus too, because I do have some issues with it because the script isn't super strong. There, there are some, some issues with the way I I would have liked the, the main protagonist to be fleshed out a little bit more. I thought they, they did such a good job at creating these characters and yeah. showing real conflict that happens amongst teenagers of the age group that they're trying to reach. And I thought it would have been really good to see some um, more emotional resonance there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the, the script could have been a lot stronger and there were some points of it that just could have been, could have been hashed out a little clearer for me anyways. I just found some points that were a little like, I was trying to follow what was happening but not really seeing how it, how it related to like the story, but let, 
as you said, they did such a great job with the character development that it kind of, and, and everyone seems to be having such a great time that it's infectious. And it literally, like, you can overlook some, uh, you can overlook some of those holes in the plot just because of how great the characters are and how amazing they they they, they portray and they're just, just having a blast. Yeah, and, it, and it's not that the script is bad. I, I want to... I want to say that just because I have criticisms doesn't mean I think something is, is bad. And I think that gets, and I know you, I know you were, I was just, we were talking about this before we recorded that people often mistake criticisms with negativity. And I don't think that this is a bad script. I don't, I certainly don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a blast. Yeah, totally. But I think it's important just as much as we're pointing out the things that we really like to point out some things that don't work as much for us because I I, I want to be as fair as I can, right? And in the spirit of that, the one thing, and and this is kind of my my one gripe with the movie, and this is just me. I don't know if it's it bothered you guys as much. This movie su- exceeds so much creating its own jokes and comedy. Almost every time they go back for a callback joke, it didn't work for me. Like hmm. when. When when uh, Sarah starts randomly without without provocation saying a muck a muck a muck again, it just okay. didn't work for me. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. You know what's I I totally hear what you're saying. For me, I found those little things to be a, one of the more fun parts of the movie. Um, some of the Easter eggs, like for example, the mother witch at the beginning wearing the same outfit that uh or like a or a similar outfit to what danny wore in the first one like those random like oh like so I, stuff I, I, like that i enjoyed like okay, for okay. me See, it was I, like I, i'm sorry we gotta pause here because I, I i uh admission time i have seen hocus pocus the original movie a few times I watched it for the first time on Disney Plus. That is how recently I have seen it. It's been the last couple of years. Sweet summer child. I did not. I did not grow up with Disney Channel being a thing in my house. That's okay. So, a reference like that went completely over my head. <laughs> that oh my was God. that was a big one that a lot of fans caught. Was the yeah, that basically yeah, like Thorberg is pattern. the mother witch as her costume in the first movie, which I I, I agree that. that Stuff like that is cool for me. Uh, and, and by the way, you mentioned Thora Birch. Supposedly they had been working on a cameo for her in the movie, but it fell through at the last minute or oh, something. Oh, like that's that. a bummer. I would have loved which that. I would have liked a little bit more of that. Um, mm-hmm. I did really so, appreciate the. the okay, so the, 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 the two guys on the couch watching. Uh, the movie focus, focus. Of, of Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall that was just a scene in the first movie. <laughs> it's so good. So, so good. I like the callbacks. I okay. it's it, what I didn't appreciate except for one instance is repeating certain jokes like like that agree. one because like there there are callbacks that work for me. Like I love seeing them get back on the stage again because there was a whole reason for them to do it. Right. And that was really funny for me. I think the main one was for her randomly saying a muck, a muck, a muck again. That like just <laughs> drove me up the wall. It bothered apparently nobody else. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. I also really liked how the beginning of the movie, 
and both Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 starts with an aerial, that aerial view of like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Salem, essentially. Salem. Like different time periods of Salem, right? I think that's so cool. And like, as we, we talked about, the three young actresses who played the young witches just did such an amazing job, like just phenomenal at, at, at portraying like the sisterhood of, of what we saw in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, Taylor Page Henderson, who plays the young Winnie, I think deserves so much credit for being able to, like you said, mimic the mannerisms of Bette Midler to, in in a lesser movie, to, in a lesser Disney movie, it would have been overdone. It would have been right. pantomime. She just embodied the character. Like, oh, she just did such a tremendous performance as young Winnie that I, like, immediately was just, drawn in yeah she did really uh, great in, totally, in, in, totally. in 1997 they would have overdubbed her with uh with bet midler trying to do a kid voice you're right but, you're right but, yeah, but in this one like she's just like the way she moves the, the whole way she moves it's not just the mannerisms it's just like the the way that she carried herself was very midler-esque it worked really well yeah and like the what's what's amazing for me is because i actually went back and i watched like some of her interviews that she would do i guess pre like before the movie would would uh would come out and she seems like such a soft-spoken like polite girl and then like just to see her so commanding and so like the leader of these of this pack is such a contrast i'm like wow this girl can act like it is (laughs) insane she is so good that um like all the witches, all the young actresses did a great job. The lip, the the twisting of the lip, you know, mm-hmm. the like it, it, it was all perfect, perfect. The young, and, uh, the young Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker's witch, uh, who is also named Sarah, <laughs> which is uh, just in- the, the, her, her young, her. I, I liked her. I think uh, as as much as I liked uh, uh, young Winnie, just the way she just would kind of float around and kind of lose focus on stuff the way that that uh sarah jessica parker does it's really really it's great no it's it's right on on cue another character who i absolutely loved was sam richardson's character uh i was about to bring him up so so gilbert that was that was so good and like the like it, it, like his character for me just got better as the movie went on and like him referencing that like he saw the whole events of hocus pocus as a kid and like the Love fact that, that he, he mentioned that like a couple bullies had, had had stolen his candy which is like a clear like uh callback and homage to uh to ice uh like that's just like his role was just so so perfect sam richardson is an actor and comedian that i have seen in suddenly so much stuff like he just yeah. He's been working for a while, but it's just been in the last couple of Isn't years. Isn't he like, Swamp Thing in Harley he's, Quinn? He's Swamp Thing in Harley Quinn. He was just announced this week that he is going to be Shaggy in HBO Max's Velvet Yes, series. that's right. That's right. Uh, he was on... Uh, he was on uh, in, in the, the the movie Senior Year on Netflix uh, recently. He was in a. Oh my god! Of- I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He was in. Uh, <laughs> he was in a, uh, a a TV show on Apple TV Plus called The After Party. Uh, he's basically the main character of that, which is about a a murder of someone that takes place at a fifteenth high school reunion. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, he's he's that sounds in, great. 
he has been in so much stuff. He was in Ted Lasso. He's a werewolves like, within. Hmm? Oh, is he in werewolves within? Yeah, he's he's the sheriff. Oh, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the sheriff in werewolves with lemon. That's use. right. Uh, werewolves within. I, I mean, Drew, you would enjoy yeah. werewolves, werewolves within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a sheriff. He's so good. That's that. the one that so also good. has the uh, the girl from the AT and T ads. That's correct. Um, yes. But uh, uh, speak. But yeah, I I really 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 liked Gilbert because I liked having this openly comedic character who kept flip flopping on what side he was on, and it it, it kind of gave me an eighties cartoon vibe in that way. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he is responsible for that joke that I, I teased earlier. The one that's sort of similar to the Yabos thing where he's, he's up there and he's like, only a virgin can light the candle. And the little kid in the, the shop is like, what's a virgin? Someone who's never lit a candle before. <laughs> and they, and they returned to that joke later with, with the, the, the trio of, of the, the main characters. Like, why couldn't you light the candle? Well, I mean, uh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, I that's what I love about this is like there, there are some things that like would go over a kid's like if you were 10, that would go over totally. your head. Totally. And just like stuff went over my head when I was watching stuff far before I probably should have. But like, I just didn't know. And I, I was fine. Right. One callback that I really, really did enjoy was the subject of Billy Butcherson. Oh, because yes. oh, Billy Butcherson. Jones, but, and to see him in his human form too was, was like weird but cool. Also, getting Doug Jones again. Was, talk about someone who's had such a tremendous career. Oh, also, career. one of the nicest people I have ever oh, met. So nice. I've, I've met several people at conventions. Doug Jones, remember my name the entire weekend. Didn't have to, just was rather than walking by and just, hey, Miles. And wow, that's, I awesome. mean, he is the definition of kind. He is wow. such a wonderful person. And so anytime I see him get success, which he's been having, getting a tremendous role on Star Trek Discovery and being one of the best captains, um, he is a phenomenal uh, preacher oh, actor. So much. So basically much basically uh, one of the stars of an Oscar winning film a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, a frequent a frequent uh, appearance in uh, Guillermo del Toro's films. Yo, and sure. Pan's just, Labyrinth. Like, yeah, he's in Pan's Labyrinth. He's in Hellboy. He's in um, uh, what's the creature remake movie? Uh, I, I own it. Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Well, that's the um, that's the one that won the Oscar. Water, that's, where, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, that. I mean, he. And, but he's been, I mean, he's, he's the gentleman in Buffy. He's the slender man, the almost, uh, in the, um, always watching Marble Hornets movie. He, I mean, he's done so much and. I didn't know he was the gentleman in Buffy too. Yeah. He's the main yeah. gentleman now in, I can in see Buffy. It. Now I can Doug, see Doug it. Jones yeah, yeah. is 62 and he has been working doing this stuff for a long time. Like wow. it's, it's wild. Hocus Pocus is one of his first credited roles. Wow. Wow, and cool. I love seeing him come back to that role, looking amazing. And right. and I also love the joke that he wasn't 
Winifred's lover. He's like, we kissed once, kind of. And I <laughs> I love that. I love that this whole mythology gets upended by like, um, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. Yeah. And I I I just I love that. I thought that that kind of callback to me was excellent. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree. I also loved the scene in Walgreens where they're like where where, where they meet the uh the the um, the costume the the people in the costumes who are dressed <laughs> up as them that was so perfect like the whole movie is just everything so, so this modern. movie does what so many and I, I will give this movie a hundred percent credit there are so many movies that try to take place in the now that do it very poorly right. and especially trying to do things with technology and make jokes about it and it's often just winking too much and not really making a joke. Right. And this movie does such a good job about making jokes about modern technology that would be relevant to the target audience that isn't more of like, oh, here, we're referencing this thing. It's like, no, we're making a joke using this thing, and that's what makes it funny. And this that's an incredible the whole the whole Walgreens sequence is fantastic for <laughs> it's me. It's so good. It's so it, good. It is one of the better product there. placements that I've seen in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no Krispy Kreme in the Power Rangers movie, but it's it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one too. Um <laughs> they Krispy that's such a weird take. I, I love I love in the Power Rangers but, universe. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love it. I love it so much. Um <laughs> So and the one thing I was, I was talking about at the top of the show is that this movie is not as scary as the first one. But I will say because it's also more a comedy and as the first one was, then is a, a horror. I think it's OK. Like, I, it, it's weird that I'm giving <sighs> this movie a pass because I appreciate the darkness of the first one. And they're still wanting to capture souls. They're still wanting to do the things they were doing in the first one. There is a modern vibe to it. And I'm not talking about the time in which it takes place. I'm talking about the way the movie looks, the way that there, there is a certain modern Disney, not theatrical vibe to this movie that, that does keep from some of its severity hammering home that I think would have really helped it. 100%. I think if you remember in the beginning scenes when uh, when the Sanderson sisters first appeared to the younger actresses um, in the forest and they're performing their, their dance and uh, they're like, mm-hmm. who are they dancing for? There was a really great jump scare there when, when, like, when Sarah pops up and she's like, you! And, like, I literally, like, it actually, like, made me jump. I'm like, wow. <laughs> If they had continued, like, you have mm-hmm. to... Yes. If they had continued that theme of, like, having these witches, you know, as, as comedic and as, as comedic as they are, there's still this ominous tone of they want to kill you. Like, as right. but, very, but, like So, so I'm, I'm not so sure watching this movie that they do. And I say that because... <laughs> they, they certainly don't want to be friends. Because <laughs> the, way that, the way that they are, that they're written especially with that big flashback at the beginning is that they they're now trying to humanize the Sanderson sisters to basically get us as an audience to 
I mean, not that we need to because they're the Sanderson sisters. They're fun. They're funny. We already like them. We don't really need to forgive them. But they they, can't, they don't really want us to focus on the fact that they have murdered children for for a hundred yeah, there, there, years. I mean, there young. certainly but, is an interesting aspect there. I think part of it has to do with Disney slash Star Wars slash Marvel's need to redeem every villain. Um, yes. I don't know if that's necessary, but I also I also wonder if there is some ulterior reasoning for humanizing them. I think the Sanderson sisters were really different from a lot of the villains. I mean, in the same way that Ursula was different than a lot of villains. And I think for a lot of theater people, um, they were very fun characters. And there is something about those characters that has always seemed queer coded in a way that a lot of major Disney characters were not these people. And they're certainly not people that like care about anything other than that sisterhood. Right. And I think it might be an interesting idea for them to not just be monsters. So it is interesting. It is interesting that you mentioned that miles, because I would like to, to, I mean, if, cause if you look at all of the people, you know, the three people in the, in the Walgreens that were dressed as them, there was some, you know, you know, what looked to be some LGBTQ, uh, uh, someone that looked like that in, as part of that group. Wow. I'm trying, I'm seeing this so awkwardly. I don't know why. Um, and, and, then when they go to the stage at the Halloween fair, you have <laughs> three drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race as one of yeah. the sets of of contestants. And, and I, you know, that's got to be obviously intentional. Um, yeah. And I think it's I think it's also an idea of re, re, recontextualizing how we historically look at witches, because we also know the the dark truth about the Salem witch trials. Right, right. And well, what if what if the witches or the quote unquote witches, I mean, obviously they're actual witches here to a degree, right. but what if these people were the ones oppressed to begin with? Yeah, and I think there is something interesting to dig into that is probably um, someone a lot more articulate than a cisgender white guy from the South uh, yeah. can can do that. <laughs> yeah. but, no, uh, but no, I completely understand your point there. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there are themes of like, you know, like the how they how they were treated as witches, uh, and how that compares to like how people you know here were treated. But I think that the movie does a really great job of kind of presenting that in a way that's um, you know, still entertaining for kids. Oh, um, yeah, because, I mean, without, it's one of those you blink and you miss it kind of things yeah, because you're not um, thinking that. I mean, it's only when you're like when you're old enough to constantly think about intent behind a movie like right, a kid, a right. kid's never going to think not going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for the people behind the I think for the creators, it's important to kind of create a visual storytelling that says, hey. The people who you might think are weird and different and who have right. been coded a certain way, there's more to them to, to investigate. And I think just telling that aspect, even though Sanders and sisters may be evil, you know, I think 
asking someone to be like, well, what's their story is, is interesting. And I don't think it's an overt thing the film is doing, but it's something I certainly noticed as an adult that I was like, oh, that's, that's an interesting, interesting way of doing it. You start to see the different layers of them and like their sisterhood and like why they do the things that they do or like, you, as you said, they're like they're they're they really did a great job of humanizing them for sure, and, and separate like putting you know wedges between the Sanderson sisters for those wedges to be evaporated <laughs> alongside right. two right. of them <laughs> as <laughs> as, as I, Winnie, who has always been the the sort of leader of the three, sort of realizes what she loses when she gains ultimate magical power right yes and i i did like that because i mean i remember i remember the actual commercial for the original movie was like you know winnie's the wicked one uh and then <laughs> they've been the hungry one and then yeah in a kids movie said and sarah's the sexy one and i'm just like oh, as an adult God. i'm like i can't <laughs> believe they advertised the movie that oh, way God. that's terrible but they a hundred percent did and I, I liked getting to see when they, when they were kind of split apart, like get to do their own thing. I mean, obviously those three actresses are all incredible. They're, they're, they all have done really monumental things in their own rights. And seeing them together again, I think for most people is the big draw, no matter which way you see you spin it. And the fact that those three are having such a great time you know, no matter what problems the script might have, no matter what jokes do or don't land, those three women enjoying themselves and clearly yeah. being there because they want to is all you need because their chemistry makes or breaks the movie to me. 100%. And, um, you know, you had said that, like, how, how infectious it is to see actors and actresses love what they do. And, you know, Ben Miller has... Ben Miller has on numerous occasions said that like Hocus Pocus is like, the best thing, like the biggest joy of her life. And it shows, like it shows in, in how much effort and the fun that these, these actresses are having. It really, like you can see, like, even if you don't like the movie, as you said, you, you can't not enjoy seeing the Sanderson sisters back. Right. And I, 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 do, I, think that, I do have to say something about Bette Midler though. I love you, Bette Midler. Of course. Did we need yes. three I know what you're songs? Doing. <laughs> Did we need three um, or four or however many? I'm, there I'm were? not gonna lie. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I, 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 I say you know that only, only because and 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 with all due respect to her, she is 76 years old. Yeah. She I like it's it's been 30 years since the last one, and and the 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 one at the at the at the Halloween parade was great, but the okay. other couple of songs I just I wasn't quite uh, feeling it. I, I, ne- I needed I needed the I needed the first one because them oh. doing breaking out this to song and dance for the for the two teenagers to be like what is going on yeah that <laughs> was great an excellent joke and that was great um I you know it's so funny because I was complaining about callbacks. Would I have liked some of the original characters to be referenced or to return in some way? Sure. I know some people were kind of bummed that Zachary Binks didn't return, but I'm like, he had a happy ending. Why why bring him back? Because yeah. you know we, we had he a bl- got to move on. We had a black cat that was regularly called Zachary or Binks and but never spoke, but 
seem to know what was going on. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked into this before saying this, but I'm I'm almost sure. Uh, I wouldn't have mind a return to the uh, the the devil from the first one. I'm sure that actor has now passed on, but like that that was one of my favorite gags in the first one, and I could have oh. revisited that one. Oh, Gary, easily. Oh, uh, Gary Marshall, the the yeah. devil, and the, yeah. So so those the the, the devil and there's the, a blink and you might miss it moment though where he's uh, there's a costume. Um, oh, okay. I I, I definitely missed it. Yes, there's a scene when which the mayor is talking, and um, in the background there's a devil costume equipped with the horns, like the same style horns and everything. That I think is a little a homage to. It has to be. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, but but right. but, the, but those two characters are played by uh, TV and movie directors Gary and Penny Marshall, the brother and sister, <laughs> brother and sister team. Yes. And, and uh, they they have both passed away. Uh, Gary, I, in, I figured they had because they were in all on in years in '93. So yeah, D- yeah, Gary in 2016 and and Penny in 2018. Um, they are uh, Penny Marshall, mostly uh, maybe most famous for a lot of folks for uh, Laverne and Shirley, uh, but Gary Marshall directing a ton of stuff. Uh, they were both really well known directors. But uh, yeah, anyway, very true. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent a reference. Uh, Renee just just shared a photo. <laughs> And yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it's the exact same ears and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, <laughs> oh, and and yeah, the person next to him is yeah got the got the uh, the the Medusa curls. The curly, <laughs> the curly Medusa. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this movie is. I, I will say, like, no matter how you, I, I saw some people kind of overreacting because everyone has to perform on on social media now. Um, their their negative feelings towards this movie and. And the thing is, if you if you want a good time, if you just want to pop some popcorn and revisit or show your kids a fun yes. Halloween themed movie, you are going to have a good time. Don't don't and, go and in expecting Shakespeare. Too hard. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. Let's, let's also exactly. remember that it's, it's, love- the first movie wasn't really a, a crazy like super success. It wasn't considered yeah, it to be really hit. good. You know what? You know what? I have a good feeling that this movie's going to be along that same pattern of like you know what? Initial reception mm, not the best. Give it a couple years, and I feel like people are going to just appreciate having another chapter of the Sanderson story so much that it's it's going to start to have a little bit more of a cult following for sure well i I don't know if it'll be cult because uh according to according to disney plus it was the most viewed premiere in their entire history so far that's right that's right so yeah it certainly had the the eyeballs on it this this is a this is a, a a service that has you know marvel movies and star wars tv shows and things like that and yet this Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus 2 beat the Mandalorian, beat Obi Wan. Wow, know? wow. That's oh, and and here, but here's here's the thing though is these are things that that it's kind of like that conversation with Prey. Like, if it was in theaters, would they have gone to see it? Hocus Pocus probably. I, I think people would have at least returned opening weekend, yeah. given a really strong opening. Um, sure. and I think I think you're right though, Renier. I think that. This is going to be something that over time people are like, you know what? No, this is really fun. And it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. 
I think a lot of people sometimes have trouble digesting things that are following up or remaking or rebooting things that they have a specific attachment to. But the fact that the original stars returned and they're having just as much fun as ever, I think should be all all the reason to check it out. Totally right. And you're like, you're 100% correct. A lot of people saw the first one at like, some of the happiest times in their life when they right. were like, at the age they were supposed to see this movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> totally, totally. So the the vibes that are attached to that, you they're very hard to replicate or better yet top. Right. And what often happens is people go into these reboots or you know sequels that are years, years, years afterwards, and they're so critical, so critical. But if you can kind of remove that and just enjoy it for what it is. As you said, like, show it to your kids, like, you know, just, just have a much light, have a much more lighthearted approach to it. It's fun. It's a fun Halloween movie. You know, you see some great characters that you remember. That's really what it's all about for me. You know, I think you kept looking like you were going to say something. Yeah, but I, but then that was such a, a great moment to end on. I don't want to bring the energy down. <laughs> no, go for Cause, it. Cause no, my, I, my, I, my question is really, uh, you know, when it comes to this or a lot of things, and this is where I've been having this conversation a lot with myself and with Miles, thinking about, you know, us and our generation versus my kids' generation, where my kids have access to literally anything they could ever want to watch at their fingertips right now and a movie like hocus pocus that made its mark in getting replayed and that being the only thing on when we were when 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 we were at at a particular age and and my my question and this is i guess sort of a, a a meta commentary about things is can you have a cult following for something today i'm sure you can i just think it might be harder or yeah, Easier. so maybe the word cult, there, there needs to be a newer updated term because like cult implies like it's, it's something that's a little bit harder to access and you know, like it's something that you have to go out of your way yeah. to kind of find. And as you said, the, these things are widely available all over. So, but what I, but I think what it will gain though is a much more, people will appreciate it more as the years kind of go on and on and on. For sure. But I, to have I, a cult following you definitely like, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. You're right. It's it's weird because you also have shows like Lucifer who get canceled and then picked up by streaming. Or yeah, you have yeah. and, and that's happened a couple of times. Like community got picked up twice, you know, and now yeah. it's getting a movie again. I, I think I think cult can still Sorry, happen. Did you say community? Community, yeah, because it got oh, it got show, dropped show. and then oh, okay, wow. uh, Yahoo picked it up. Wow. And then, yeah, it was. It, I mean, weird. Uh, AP Bio, same out. way. Yeah, all I've ever uh, seen were the Halloween specials. There's like four of them. They're all phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, and they're they're great. Speaking of uh, show, like, great Halloween specials, Brooklyn Nine Nine canceled by Fox, picked up by CBS yeah. or NBC. Like great Halloween specials. It, it can happen. Um and. I think streaming is, I think the cult now is movies that were meant for theaters that got dropped mm. and then being rediscovered. I think the best example last year was The Empty Man, which a lot of people, I mean, it was dropped in the middle of summer of 2020. I think it had a minor theatrical release when nothing was getting released in the theaters. And then around the end of the year conversation where people were talking about the best movies, 
a couple of stronger voices kept mentioning this film. And all of a sudden, the last, well, this past year, people have been rediscovering this movie that just got dropped. So I think it can happen. Right. The streaming yeah. landscape being, libraries being so massive now makes that impact feel a little different, uh, uh, well, it, I feel it, like. It's you know, weird. one of the things, too, is that, yeah, it's widely available, too, but, like, titles come and go. Like, mm-hmm. it, it'll be on Netflix one month, and the next month it's off it. So, like, it, what, it's kind of tricky in that sense, too. Well, it just, what it needs is it needs a big social media conversation about it kind of like we talked about at the start of this episode with uh with night books yeah and totally. that got a lot more people to, to you have it it needs you know back in back in the 70s 80s 90s it had to be this swapping of a vhs tape around like oh you gotta check out this you gotta check this out you gotta check this out and now <laughs> oh it's God. you gotta tweet to twelve hundred thousand people you gotta check well, this I, out you gotta check this out you gotta check this out that's mind-blowing mind <laughs> we also had a lot of sources of curation. We had people that we looked to, whether it, well, music, you had the radio and you had uh, MTV uh, music box, much music. You had things that were like giving you things and that was your source to go to it. We had magazines like Fangoria and Rue yep. Morgue and oh. Famous Monsters and stuff. And a lot of those things still exist, but they are not the primary source. Now everyone has a website. Everyone has a podcast, including two ding-dongs from the South. Um, you guys are great. And I think that when you have so many sources, like on one hand, it's great because you can you can funnel things that you know you're gonna like and that you're interested in, but those accidental discoveries don't happen as much anymore when there's no I don't know, because I, I I'm I'm such a big proponent of, of the new technologies, but sometimes it's good to be like, just hey, you gotta watch this. And yeah. that's it. Totally. And I've I've discovered so many things that way too. So it's totally. it's tough to say. And especially for kids whose only options are I have these channels that I'm allowed to watch, and then I uh-huh. can watch the kids' version of these services. Yeah. Will this thing come to that service? And sometimes there's some wacky things that shows up on Netflix kids. I've been kind of surprised about. Um really? yeah, I, I can't I can't think of something off the top. Maybe Drew has a better example. I just remember accidentally clicking the kids thing on my uh, menu and being like, that's on here. Um, I just remember that I, uh, I learned the lesson that I needed to lock down all of my services when my kids uh, shed, said, Hey dad, look, we're watching Deadpool. And I'm like, ah, uh, cause I didn't have, Am- I didn't have Amazon prime locked down as well as I had Netflix. Locked down, so. well, um, I am. That's something that I'm looking forward to is, uh, <laughs> That. Oh yeah, Deadpool with Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. I but at the same time, like I I do miss having. I mean, I know the channel still exists, but like, like we just I just learned a couple days ago that like PBS is not going to be showing it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown because now it's all the all the peanut stuff is Apple, and so Apple's going to run it for like a week. Yeah, that happened on Apple Plus. Wow, you know what's okay? So they did this. So something like this happened, like uh, when I first started horror for kids which was 2020 i guess where uh i guess halloween 2020 was the first year that they moved uh it's the good luck it's the great pumpkin charlie brown to streaming and people were outraged people were so mad people were like literally i remember even in my comment section 
um, like people were arguing over it, like going crazy. And it's like, <laughs> so, now, so, so now they've polished it a bit more and they're going to run it on Apple, you said, for like a week. Yeah, I think they said Apple Plus is going to have and it for I like think, a week I or think something they, like that. I think Apple had it for free at the time too. It's just an extra step that people would have had to go to to to, to see it. You're right. And it's like that was the controversy because it was still free. It's coming back to me now. It was still free, but people just had to go like online or whatever. Right. And people like no, they it has to come with all the and commercials. It, it has to be like just like how I, I saw. And it I, I, I get it. Like, I mean, I, I am, I I'm it. not, I'm not someone who's like, oh, you know, this is the way, but there is a charm to, and again, it's mostly because I grew up in that era and I, I will fully admit that is, is a hundred percent the nostalgia from my right. personal experience. Yeah. Right. There is something charming about it. Um, it is, at the same time, I mostly watch my Blu-ray now. So, I mean, I'm not watching commercials anyway. I'm not watching commercials when I'm watching, you know, uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or anything like that. So, I I get it. And I think what, I guess my question is, because it's probably more difficult for kids themselves to come across some of this stuff, what have you found, as we wrap this up, as a kid in 2022, what's their best go-to, other than visiting your your Twitter handle, uh, to, (laughs) to access or for kids. I think the best medium right now, obviously is the internet. I think there's like YouTube, um, under like the right restrictions and the right guidelines. There's so many titles. Um, you, there's YouTube, there's even like Netflix has some great like horror sections, as you said, but I find there's a lot of like really great kids books out right now Mm -hmm. a lot of great kids tv shows in particular movies yeah but tv shows and books there's really been like a a huge boom you got rl stein like with um the 30th anniversary of goosebumps coming out with the new book right so like there's so many new pushes of like and especially like nostalgic pushes of 90s and even 80s horror that coming back for kids in some really cool ways. So I think that is the thing to be most excited about. Uh, You can find it all over, like, as I said, like YouTube, there's some great examples there. Uh, Netflix kids section, there's some great examples there too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking through Netflix's uh, under, under what they call spooky movies. Jurassic park. Yeah. 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 Like, and uh, they've got some, I mean, they got, they have night books. That was my biggest concern. Um, was whether night books would be included on there. I, I um, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that it is, but I'm so happy that that is because it's a great one. Like it's for Sam Raimi really nailed like kids like on the line of kids horror with that. So I'm really happy. You've got yeah, you've got like just on like Netflix Kids. I'm sure there's uh, Monster House, Goosebumps Two, Hotel Transylvania. The Adams Family, like there's some great titles there. Yeah, there, there's there's certainly the stuff like that. Uh, the one that, that kind of made me laugh the most is the uh, interactive Escape the Undertaker, um, yeah. WWE production. That's awesome like, <laughs> with the New Day, which makes me it's... very happy because the New Day is wonderful. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, there's some glitch. You, you mentioned books uh, outside of, I mean, I guess the ones that I would know, like the R.L. Stein. What What are some of the newer kids like horror books that are are kind of catching people? I would say the newer kids horror books. Well, see, in, in Canada, we've got Haunted Canada, the Haunted Canada series, which is like. I've been reading them since I was a kid, like Haunted oh, cool. Canada, four, five, six. So what is it's like true stories of haunted Canada. So like it could be, you know, like a couple years ago there was an incident uh, at a house up the street from you. It'll be in the book. So it's it's really cool. And they just came out with Haunted Canada Eleven, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal entry into this series. There's that. There's the um, Jurassic Park Camp Crustacean, the show. And I think it's a book as well, too. I'm going to just look it up because I'm pretty sure it's a book as well. I think they've got some spinoff books. And I and I believe they, yeah. also, I think they also had some Lego sets that were associated with it. Uh, yes. But- and those are so, so much fun and a great way to get your kids into like the Jurassic Park series, right? Which is so cool. Michael Myers, uh, there's a new Halloween book that came out last year, I believe, or the year before. It's literally the story of Halloween tailored for kids. And I'm pretty sure like even uh, there's like, I don't know who, who it's by, but it's literally like the movie adaptation. I think of, I know what you're talking about. In a cartoon I, book. Yeah, like an anime book. It's so great. I'm just trying to think who I think it. it's, is it The Legend of Halloween? Yes. I'm just looking it up now. Uh, there's a Buffy. The there's Legend a Buffy of Halloween the... by David Gordon Green. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's literally, it's so good. Uh, it's got all the characters from the movie, but literally in cartoon form. And if, if your kids, uh, you know, kind of hear you talking about Halloween or, or they see the previews on TV and they want to kind of get started, it's a great way to do that. These these Haunted Canada books look really, really fun. Um, oh, my God. I, I will say, so uh, last just last night, uh, my girlfriend and I went to see Halloween Ends, and we were both wearing Halloween T-shirts. And there were two kids who could not have been more than seven or eight who were like super stoked on it. Like we were, we, they were going oh, to see, I don't know what they were going to see because their mom certainly wasn't taking them to Halloween. Um, <laughs> because she, she said that because um, they were talking, they, I overheard them talking about our t-shirt. They were in front of us in line for popcorn and they were talking about how Michael Myers is better than Freddie and Jason and all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm thinking wow. to myself, I'm like, okay, what, what, what are these kids seeing? And, and, uh, and their mom was like, Oh, that's probably what they're going to see. I'm like, oh yeah, and then they were like talking about how cool Michael Myers was, and I was like, yeah, I was, I was just like that at my age. But uh, and they were asking their mom, can we go see that instead? And she, she was like, no. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they were going to see. I'm I don't sure know. you know what kids find the way. Kids well, and, find and, oh, and and they Trust and, me. and everything <laughs> they and they talk about it on the playground. Like my kids came come home. I was like, Dad, have you ever heard of Pennywise? And it's like the band <laughs> or the. Um, but they they find a way, uh, much like Disney found a way to bring back <laughs> Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker for Hocus Pocus Two. See, I can I can always bring it back in, huh? That's huh? <laughs> <laughs> what we need because we'll be here all night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I gotta yeah, rain, yeah. I gotta rein these two in. I was yeah. gonna start sending you. <laughs> we, we were talking like... for forty five minutes before we even recorded. So, <laughs> so, so final final thoughts on Hocus Pocus two. 
Um, did yep. they land the Swiffer? I'm going to say, that's a great one. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Especially for people who are looking for a fun ride for their, <laughs> fun ride for their kids or for themselves to kind of, you know, get some of that nostalgic feel back to, to the nineties. I think it's a great way to do that in a fresh and modern approach. So I'm going to say, yes, I, it is a movie that I definitely will have on in the background and, and, and chuckle at the jokes and, and I can see myself watching for a very long time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. I, no, no matter what criticisms I might have, the overall thing a Hocus Pocus movie or any horror film for kids should be is, is it a good time? And this is absolutely a good time for me. I had a good time. I thought um, all the new jokes landed very, very well. There was a lot of fun. And again, the, the three Sanderson sisters were having a blast. And that was the most important part for me because everything else from there I think grew. I think everyone involved in the production was having fun. And so even in times where I thought the production might have, could have been stronger, it didn't matter because the strength and energy that the cast was giving out was so strong that it made me have a, a, a continue to have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I think your enjoyment of this movie is going to be based on exactly how out of your own way you can get. It is very yes. easy to be cynical about something like this. Sure. I I caught myself being cynical about this while watching it a few times and just like, you know what? No, you gotta stop this because this is how they get you. <laughs> this is how cynicism gets you. And and That's it. we 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 spend so much time robbing ourselves of so much enjoyment just because we can't get out of our own way. <laughs> I agree. 100 percent 100 percent I feel like if we can just get past that critis that critical mind frame and just have fun with it people would enjoy so many more movies uh and so with that miles uh you gotta tell me because i don't know because you don't tell me these things in october what are we doing <laughs> next week so next week we are staying in 2020 and we're also staying around the same age group as we travel to a much beloved location for our next haunted film, we are going to be watching Spirit Halloween, the movie. Love They're that. Making... You know what? That's on my list. I'm, I'm probably going to make my way to that tomorrow. I haven't well, to check it out yet, but I am super excited for it. So that's awesome. Sp yeah, I'm, Sp I'm Spirit. Do you, do you have Spirit Halloween stores in Canada? Oh yeah, I I used to work at one. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, of course, okay. of course, perfect. Of course. Yeah, no, I uh, they have lots of spirit Halloweens. Like just in my city, and like there's probably like two or three. So they're I, they're. I have to ask because I know they don't have them in Europe because I see commentary from British speak British people specifically that they are jealous of Americans for spirit Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, but don't don't I don't know how much they're into like uh, Halloween period in Europe. I don't know if they celebrate. I, it, I, right? I I think in the UK it's it's it, it's a very small but devoted fandom. I don't know though. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Very cool. 
so spirit halloween the movie miles is this anywhere easy to find for folks um you can pretty much rent it or purchase it anywhere you can get a digital vod this was one that was released on september i think 30th to vod mm-hmm. platforms i don't think it was released theatrically at least not in the states and if it was it was a very limited run um but as far as uh streaming for free i don't think so not yet anyway uh but it's a pretty cheap rental about 3.99 and i mean tis the season <laughs> it is. christopher lloyd is in this what yeah i'm i'm very very excited about this um i've only seen the singular trailer also a big deal for 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 me is i know she's done things since but the the return of rachel lee cook who i have not seen in a movie in a very very long time um i know that she took some time off and i know she was doing some minor stuff and i know she's got a family now but uh i'm i'm excited to see rachel lee cook i think the last time i think i saw her in was like carpool in 2001 or something well we'll we'll see if she's still all of that <laughs> oh boy uh so until <laughs> next time we're gonna end the show as we always do because we really need to end the show uh with a rousing well hang nerd. on we, we gotta let our guest uh, tell oh. everybody where he oh where that's right that's right that's right <laughs> yeah you're right you guys can find me at horror for kids on twitter and on instagram and on facebook and as always you guys thank you so much for having me on the show you guys are the biggest like i i have i have such a great time with you every single time that we do this i hope that you guys have me back on because like oh such a pleasure no we are thank you guys (laughs) thank you thank you it's always such a fun chat i mean it's it's 100 percent reciprocated we love having you on i love chatting with you on on uh, i know guys i wish we all lived like closer we can like do like (laughs) watch horror movies and like comment like that'd be so much fun i i i do too um and we will definitely try to have you back uh more frequently than just the halloween times because yeah i i i love talking to you and you're like i said the the best twitter follow you could have and also one of the best people i have had on this show in the 11 years that we've done it you guys um so until next time we're gonna end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd Nerd. out. out